Well, today we have another special episode, another book launch. We have John Wilkham, who, if you remember way back, season one, episode 13, he is the author of The Walk-On Method. If you haven't got that book yet, you should. It's an awesome book. It's his story and things that he learned as he walked on. And he is the senior vice president and head of e-commerce at Mars Agency. John, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me on again. It's always a, uh, it's a pleasure to chat. Uh, it's a pleasure to chat sports. Um, as you mentioned, I, I talked to a lot of, uh, you know, consumer brands and things during the day. So this is a, this is a fun outlet for me. That's awesome. So you have a new book out. What's the title? So it's called No Fear in the Arena. And oh. um, the irony of all of this is I never thought I would write any books. Um, I never thought of myself as a writer or as an author. But the, like you said, the first book, Walk on Warrior, I published it in 2018. And that was kind of a 13-year culmination of my own life in basketball and just, you know, stories being around college basketball and the NBA. And it was just kind of a, a passion project for me. And it's just, it's funny how things come around. I think it's, it's interesting for a lot of us as we get older, the things that you really care about become almost more important to you. And Eric, I was mowing my grass. This was probably two and a half years ago. And I kept thinking about um, just this idea for, for a book or a story. And I kind of got that itch again. And um, I reached out to a guy who had played in the NBA for six seasons and played overseas. And I just thought it was kind of fascinating. And um, that's kind of what led to the start of this project and then ultimately publishing a second book. Awesome. What made you come up with this book? Like out of all the, the, the people that you've known throughout life and, and playing basketball, what made you come up with this one? So this is a special story to me. I think the reason that I was able to do this and spend two years of late nights, like staying up, typing this out is because it was, it was very personal to me. Um, so just to kind of give an audience, you know, I was a walk-on at Marquette. Um, back in early 2000s. And um, at that time, I was, I was a sophomore in college and we had a senior point guard. His name was Travis Diener, who grew up about two hours from me in no name, Wisconsin, and became this All-American. He led Marquette to a Final Four in 2003 with Dwayne Wade. So we were actually teammates. And every day I was tasked with trying to stop this guy I mean, he, he was arguably one of the top five players probably in the country, um, during that season. And so obviously I, I was, I was close to him. I was close to what made him go. And then I watch him get drafted by the Orlando magic and basically watch him play in the league for, I think it was six years, but where this really gets fascinating is that, um, he had a chance to sign another contract, keep playing in the NBA. And he was probably, he, he was that second or third string point guard. So he'd play a little bit here or there, but not a lot. So for a lot of us, it's like, well, this is the ideal situation. You know, you make millions of dollars. You're not getting physically, you know, taxed every night. But he says, uh, I want to play and I want to play meaningful minutes. And I want to like play on a, on a team and play for championships. So he turns down uh, a multi-year contract for millions of dollars to go to Italy. And you're like, how many guys would do that? Probably right. none. <laughs> um, so he goes and plays in the Italian league 
and even his own teammates, who I interviewed a lot of them, were like, this guy shows up, you know, he's 5'11", he's white, he can't jump. This guy played in the NBA for six years? Like, are you kidding me? And then a week into practice, it was like, this guy's really good. And he's also super intense. And he's like, just raising the level of play to a bar that none of us have kind of ever, ever experienced. So long story short is Travis played professional basketball until he was 38. He still hasn't technically retired. He's <laughs> going to turn 41 in March. And um, there was just something to this love of the game of wanting to play it, play on good teams. And that, you know, I would walk away from millions of dollars to play in a, you know, in a packed Italian arena in front of 5,000, just rabid fans. So I got to interview a lot of people for this book, including Dwayne Wade, which was really cool. And uh, just to hear people tell stories about some of these arenas and teams and playing in Belgrade, Serbia, and just some of these crazy things where um, I'm like, wow, there's really a lot here. And it just, it makes for a fascinating uh, kind of sports story if you're into that type of thing. Awesome. That that's that's a great story. That's uh that's amazing. What do you want to have the readers take from this book? I mean, just even writing this was inspiring because when you hear other people talk about stuff, um and I'll give you one example. So I mentioned going to to Serbia. So um this one one teammate of his um said, you know, they were down by a couple points for halftime. Travis hits a shot, they tie the game. It's halftime. And uh all of a sudden, just people start throwing everything that they can get their hands on onto the court. And you hear stories like this from overseas basketball sometimes. And in a lot of cases, they're throwing dangerous things, you know, whether it's like keys or um, just, you know, things that are hard falling from 10,000, you know, top row. So anyway, the coaching staff is trying to get everybody off the court and cover your heads. And, and so this teammate is standing in the tunnel and he's just looking out. And Travis is at center court, just like screaming at the fans. Like, basically, I own you, you know? And he's like, I had never seen anything like it, but it was one of those just in the moment, kind of euphoric moments of there's not a competitor like, like this that he had ever seen. He's just, he was so into the game, um, just wanted to compete. And he just seemed to... Um, he seemed to come alive when, when things were the most hostile. And so wherever they went uh, around Europe, he just kind of had that, that no fear mentality. And I thought that was really interesting because, you know, when you played in the NBA and you played in beautiful stadiums and five-star hotels and everything's laid out to almost leave that to say, I prefer this. A lot of people wouldn't do that. Um, and yet he really seemed to kind of come alive in that type of environment. Right, right. So he not not only I guess he was one of those guys who just loved the game, but he was a performer. He was a performer. He was a winner. Um, you know, I talked to some other all pro Italian players that just said simply, every time we played him, like if he hit a shot and got the crowd going, it was just going to be a long night. And so he had that kind of he had that charisma. And I thought it was amazing too. I mean, I obviously know Travis personally, and um, he's a he's a friend to me. But you know, to see pictures of him on billboards in Italian cities, and he was a he was a celebrity. 
you know, in a lot of these places. And so sometimes you just forget about things when, when they're not front and center in front of us in the United States, you know, greatness can be accomplished in a lot of places. That's awesome. You know, it's a great story because you always hear about those athletes who tried to make it in the pros. And then when they couldn't, they went overseas. And this is a guy who said the opposite. He's like, I made in the pros. I'm giving it up to play overseas. You know, that's just, that's just tremendous mental capacity for someone. And I'll just, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to give away the whole story, but um, there's so many different themes kind of intertwined in this book. And one of them is simply, you know, Travis grew up in a, in a town city of about 30,000 people. His cousin was the same age, Drake Diener, and he played at DePaul University and had a good career himself. But Drake was diagnosed with Crohn's disease right at the end of his senior season and basically thought, you know, professional basketball is obviously out for me, but he was, he was very, very sick for like a year and a half um, to the point where there's some questions about whether he would even survive to be, to be frank. And he actually eventually ended up joining Travis in Italy and regained kind of the form. And those two family members essentially for about a four year stretch had one of the best backcourts in Europe, which was, was pretty interesting to not only go over there, but to do it with one of your best friends, someone you're related to, someone that you grew up with is, is pretty special to him. Awesome. Awesome. So where can people get this book? Uh, it's available on Amazon, um, Barnes and Noble, several other kind of regional bookstores I'm available through a lot of libraries as well. So if you want to try and snag a copy, I tried to get one here and they're all on hold. So maybe that's uh, that's good, uh, good karma for the book. <laughs> but that's awesome. Now, is there a way to get a signed copy? I get asked that a lot. And um, <laughs> these are all, they're all printed when they're ordered. Um, so that's the toughest part is in a perfect world, I would sign all of them and send them to everybody. But, you know, right now, if you order them, they just, they go directly to you. So I don't, I don't see them. We're trying to arrange a book signing in, in the Milwaukee area and, and have Travis kind of come out and, and sign some stuff and hopefully hold a couple of events. But yeah, it's, uh, it's tough to do it just the way they're printed today. Exactly. Well, that's okay. They can go to Amazon, any of the bookstores, they can get their copy. And as soon as you find out about book signings and things like that, let me know. I'll put it out so that people can go and meet you and uh, any of those events. I'll, I'll put them out for you. Absolutely. Yeah. I just, uh, I love engaging with people on Twitter again. Um, you know, you, you kind of get this itch in your soul a little bit to produce some of these great, I mean, I'm going to call it a great sports story. Um, just because I think from, from start to finish, um, there's just a lot of elements that make it really unique, but I'm just an avid sports reader myself. And it's fun to read books where it's like, wow, I didn't know that. or I didn't know that backstory or, um, they really kind of go deeper into people's lives and, um, that's ultimately what we were trying to create. Awesome. Awesome. And also if anybody wants to get in touch with you, how's the best way they can reach you? Yeah. I'm on most social media platforms. Twitter is probably the best one. That's kind of my, my sports outlet. So love to, to post things that are interesting and engage with people and looking forward to having some lively discussions. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'll put all that information on the show notes, John, it's a pleasure once again to talk to you and uh, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Eric. Always a pleasure.